Okay, let me say this right out of the gate. My goal with this series is, is never to, to break anyone up uh, or to bring anyone together. Like, that's not my aim. Uh, if that happens, it's a result of the teaching. Um, but I'm not, like, gunning for anyone. Does that make sense? Like, that's just not my, that's not my aim, okay? Um, yeah, despite Zeb's best wishes, I am not going to go on a war path again on teen dating. Um, just not going to happen. Okay, all right, less Pentecostal there, Haley. Um, so here's how this works. Before we get into it, before we get into it, I, you know, you have me for a little while, and then I think you're going to have me again next week, and then we'll have some guest speakers, and it's going to be really awesome. Um, and, but you just get us for a little while. With dating and relationships, I want you guys to be able to take more from this. I want you guys to be able to learn more and dig as deep into relationships as you want to go. So I have some books, not to like, not to nerd out your spring break, but I have some books and some things that I think you might be interested in. So the first one is right here. Um, okay, Mingling of Souls. This is the one, right? This is my jam. Um, I have given this book to more people. I have like two and a half shelves full of books, and I've given Mingling of Souls to more people than I can possibly think. Um, raise your hand if you have gotten a copy of Mingling of Souls as a result of this play. Okay, not as many as I thought, so you will get this. Um, it's about time for high school guys to go through the curriculum again. We go through it every couple years. Basically, it's right here. Oh, um, Matt Chandler walks you through the Song of Solomon. Matt Chandler is this guy. He's a brilliant pastor. He's all over YouTube. I highly recommend this guy. But literally, he takes you through Song of Solomon, and he walks you through all the aspects of dating. It is fantastic. It's not that long. Um, it is a great book. Chandler's style is very easy to catch on to. So again, Mingling of Souls is a book that I recommend. Next. All right, the next one is called Not Yet Married. It's for, it is literally for everyone in here except for me and duty, pretty much, okay? This, is, this book is for those who are dating, for those who are single. It's about being single and dating with a higher purpose. With a, which was that, that's what we're going to talk about in a few minutes, but being, being single with a purpose, dating with a purpose, not just, not just floating through singleness, waiting for someone, not just floating through dating because that's what you do, like... It is, it is very countercultural. It is this idea of doing this with a purpose, with intention. It is called Not Yet Married. It is awesome. All right, next up, Lauren. Next one is called Single Dating Engaged Married, right here, by a guy named Ben Stewart. Ben Stewart is the pastor of, you guys know the Passion Conference? All right, Passion City Church has a church in Washington, D.C. Ben Stewart is the pastor of that church, okay? He wrote this book, and literally, it takes you through all these kind of phases of life, being single, dating, engagement. Um, we did a series on dating last year for college, and this was the big one. They, they wanted, I kept being like, mingling of souls, but they, this was the one they wanted, and they almost all went home with a copy. Um, ben is kind of like Matt in that he's very engaging. He's very pastoral and patient. He's a great teacher, all right? Now, for those of you who reading is like not your thing, whatever that means, let's go to the, all right, Right Now Media, here's what this is. Right Now Media is what people call like Netflix for Christians, not that Netflix is not Christian, though there are certainly shows in there that, you know, but Right Now Media is this, all you have to do is either text me or message the PVN students Instagram account, send us your email address. We will send you an email from Right Now Media. You just set up an account, just like you would for Netflix. But instead of TV shows, it's all these different teaching curriculums. Matt Chandler's on there, Louis Giglio, Francis Chan. It's what we use in small groups on Sunday nights. Um, all kinds of different things on dating and relationships, um, marriage, all kinds of stuff, right? And again, so maybe reading is just not your... Like, there is a mingling of souls, one on there, where Matt Chandler just 
teaches you through every chapter of the book. And you can pick and choose, and you can go back and listen again. This resource is invaluable, and it's totally free. It costs you nothing. Maybe it could be a date night. Who knows, right? Like they come over for the first date, not knowing what to expect, and you pull, you pull out Chandler. Um, it's a thought. It's a thought. Um, so just saying. So keep that in mind. So again, right now, media, it's totally free. All you have to do is send us your email address. Does that make sense? Cool? All right. Let's kind of get started with this. Um, and I almost gave you guys marriage books. I almost recommended marriage books to you guys because I don't, like, I know people will be like, it puts, it puts romance in their heads. But, like, I think that ship has sailed. Like, I think that boat has long left the harbor with most of you guys. And I'd rather you get ideas on sex and dating and marriage from this stuff than from Snapchat or Instagram, or movies. Does that make sense? So let me use this analogy. I use this analogy every year. I'm going to use this analogy next year as well. Um, Every single year, I give this analogy, and someone ignores it, and it ends in disaster, okay? This analogy is not the key to it, but I'm saying I talk about this every year. Every year, some couple or one girl or one guy ignores it, and it just completely blows up on their face. Um, Let's say you go home tonight, right? You come home tonight, and for those of you who can drive, you drive up or your mom drops you off, whatever. You get home, right? You get out of your van or whatever it is that's your call, and you get onto the driveway, and you look up, and your house is on fire, right? Like, like your house is on fire. And you look at that, right? Serious thing. You look at that, and your reaction is, uh, I think mom made cake. Or was it cupcakes? Oh, well, I'll go get... I'll go get some cupcakes, and then I'll eat those, and then I'll see what's going on with the fire. Like, that's your reaction, all right? Your house being on fire is a big deal, right? Just because you treat it as not a big deal, does that all of a sudden make your house being on fire not a big deal anymore? It is a big deal. Serious things are a big deal whether you treat them seriously or not. And when you take something, like your house being on fire, if you take something that is a serious thing and treat it like it is not serious, you can do a lot of damage. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? Um, I don't adhere to a particular age in dating. I just don't. It needs to be this year of high school or this year of college or whatever. I don't. I don't think it needs to be middle school, which is why they're not here, right? Um, And you guys know as well as I do, some sophomores are way more mature than some seniors, right? You can believe that, okay? It's just true. Um, When I was 15, uh, I turned 15 on November 4th, obviously, and it was time to go get my permit, right? Time to get my permit. Um, but I waited until February to get my permit. Big, right? No, don't do it. So to get my permit, because it was in the middle of the basketball season. I just finished cross country. I didn't want to read that ridiculous book. Like, I was just done with it. Um, so we didn't get it. We didn't get it until February when my parents made me go get it. Now, for me, and I think it's this way for you guys, but you don't get your license when you turn 16. You get it a year after you get your permit. So I turned 16 in November, right, of the following year, but I couldn't get my license until the following February. Does that make sense? So now now follow this. I'm watching all these people in front of me, all these kids in front of me, get their license when they turn 16. And it was, I don't know if it's this way with you guys, but like at Wesleyan where I was at school, like kids would get checked out of school early, like to go get your driver's license. It was a big deal. And they would like drive back, like, ah, 
you know, they didn't do that. Well, you get it. But they were excited. And so they would come back. But here's what happened. And this is not a warning against this or anything. But like so many of my peers would get their license and they would get in a wreck like a week later. Like, like at least like 10 or 12 of my people got into wrecks. They did. Meanwhile, I am sitting there without my license, like watching and this happening. And for me, right, for me, I'm able to look and, and I, I, looking back, was thankful for those months because it enabled me to remember how serious driving really is. Um, but they were 16, they were the right age to get their license. Everything should have been fine. Yeah, but just because they were the right age doesn't mean they were the right maturity. Now, again, if you got on a record after you got your license, that's not a bash on your maturity, but it's one of those things. Age does not automatically equal that you're ready. Does that make sense? Like, you may have the cutoff as, like, senior year of high school, you can start dating, or freshman year of high school, you can start dating, and you're not ready, but you're that right age. You see what I mean? Um, it's not what age you're allowed to date. It's what age are you ready to take this seriously? Does that make sense? It's not what age you're allowed to date. It's what age are you ready to take dating seriously? Now, when I say serious, I picture like my dad in my face, like this is serious. Like, that's not what I mean, okay? Dating is serious and it's wonderful. It is. It's this serious, wonderful thing. Why? Why is dating this serious, wonderful thing? Here we go. Because marriage is a serious, wonderful thing. And the two go together. Some people date just to date. And they don't tie marriage into dating. Don't do that. It leads to nowhere. And you say, what's the big deal? Well, invest all your money in this. Why? No reason. Invest all my money in something that's going nowhere? That's stupid. Yes. Yes, it is. Invest all your emotions, money, time, sacrifice into this person. Why? No reason. We're just dating just to date. Um, the warmth and light that hits you on the earth is only properly understood when you tie it back to the sun. In the same way, dating is only properly understood in light of marriage. It doesn't make sense to invest all these things into another person unless there's a reason for that investment. There is no such thing as static dating. We're just dating to date. You're investing feelings and physical and emotional and financial and time into another person. This does not make sense unless we put dating in light of marriage. Dating is only properly understood in light of marriage. Dating is the thing that leads to and points back to marriage. Light, separate from the sun, is not sunlight. Dating, separated from serious intention, is not dating. You are spending emotion, time, money, and sacrifice on a person with no purpose. You are rooting it in nothing. And right off the bat, it's like, okay, Ryan, that's cool. I'm 14. What do you want me to do? Like, what am I supposed to, am I supposed to get married now? Like, how, I've never even thought about marriage. Like, what am I supposed to do? How do I date? 
How do you date in light of marriage when you've never thought about marriage? Well, let me help you. Um, here are some things that you need to be on the lookout for, okay? Some things maybe you need to like jot down or keep in the back of your mind. Does that person display the qualities that you want in a spouse? Does that person, dis- this guy, this girl, does that person display the qualities that you want in a spouse? Well, I've never thought about a spouse. What do I look for? Well, I happen to be one, so let me help you here. Um, here we go, right out of the gate. Ready? You ready? Here we go. Being attractive, okay? Being attractive is a quality. It is. That's a quality. But you can't use paint to build a house. You follow that? Being attractive is a quality, but you cannot use paint to build a house. Now listen, listen, listen. Because we're always like, oh, it's their heart. It's not their, okay, okay. But listen, paint is what looks nice on the outside. Paint is important. Paint is good. Like if you see a house that's ugly, your first reaction is not, well, let's look at the inside of the house. Like, you're probably not going to get it. Like, ask mom. Does that make sense? Like, paint is good. Paint is important. But you can't live in a house made of paint or it won't hold up. You follow this? Are you tracking with me? Over time, you need to ask yourself under that, you need to ask yourself, does this guy, does this girl have qualities that can hold you up? You follow that? A, a house made of paint will not hold you up. Does this guy, does this girl have qualities that will hold you up. First quality, okay? These qualities that hold you up, right? Are, and I know this is like, whoa, but listen. Are they protecting your soul, okay? Are they protecting your soul? Let me, let's just start here. Wanting to hang out with you in the basement is not protecting your soul. Do you even see people as having souls? Or do they just exist like for your pleasure? Do they just exist for you? And this happens all the time. And I don't know, I'm sure, I would never say this in the sanctuary, but I'm going to say it here. I watch some of this stuff happen with couples who are dating, and I'm sitting there, and Krista and I both are like, how dumb are your parents, bro? Like, how dumb are these people that they're like, I like, my boyfriend works in Alabama, so I'm going to go spend the weekend in Alabama with him and stay with his sister. Okay, really? Is that what you think, Mom? Is that what you really think? Like, we're going to go watch a movie. We're going to go watch a movie at his house. Matt Chandler says it best. Um, movie nights in the basement never end with a discussion of cinematography. Can we all agree? They don't. That, that's not, like, what do you think's going to happen? Like, he live, he goes to whatever, he goes to South Carolina, so I'm going to visit him at USC this weekend. Re- are you? You're really going to do that? Like, come on, mom, step in. Come on, dad, step in here. How do you not see this happening? Um, here's what happens, okay? Do you see people as having souls or do they just exist for your pleasure? Guys do this, and I'm going to get the other, so don't, don't worry. Guys do this all the time, do they not? Guys will work and flirt just to get the attention of a girl, and then they leave. They work just to get that attention, 
and then they leave, right? It happens all the time. And here's the thing, here's the thing. Now let's, here's the thing. And a lot of times, not all the time, not all the time, but a lot of times girls will let them do it. Um, Guys don't believe, it all starts with unbelief. Guys don't believe that God rejoices over them and that he is enough. So they decide that they want to find satisfaction from getting as many girls as they can to like them. So that's what they do. Girls don't believe that God rejoices over them and that he is enough. So they find satisfaction in having guys like them. They don't like get caught in this tractor beam. Like they run headlong into it. Like you can see them jumping like, finally, and they just jump like into this thing that's happening. They let, they're looking for it. They're looking for getting, like, just completely fooled. And these guys are doing it as well, and these girls are doing it as well. Here we go. If they want to mess around physically before marriage, get engaged or get out. That's it. If they want to get involved physically before marriage, get engaged or get out. Because what's happening is this girl or this guy is creating love and desire in your heart for something that is not permanent, for something that will not last. It's design, that's designed to go somewhere and to last and to expand. And if it doesn't have marriage to hold it, it's like a fire outside of the fireplace. It's designed to be intense And so naturally, if you get it out of that protection, it's going to burn the house down. Are they protecting your soul? Are you protecting theirs? Are you protecting theirs? Here's another one. Hanging out with other people besides the person you're dating is good for your soul. This happens in the Armerchi community all the dang time. And I'm sure it happens at Model. I'm sure it happens at Unity. I'm sure it happens in the homeschool, right? It happens everywhere. In Rome, did I leave anybody out? I think that's it. It happens everywhere. Now, now you know, and you know these people. They go here. They go here. Here's how it happens. They start dating somebody, and they're gone. They hang out with no one else. That is terrible for your soul. God did not choose and save one person in the Old Testament. He saved the country of Israel. God did not just save and choose one person in the New Testament. He rescued the church. We are meant to do life in community. You have to have multiple people inputting into your life. You see that? So when you just hang out with that other person, it's bad for your soul. That person just wanting to be with you all the time, being miserable if they're not hanging out with you, and you being miserable if you're not hanging out with them, that's bad for your soul. You're, you're, you're cramping and turning in your soul. Next one. Are they willing to have difficult conversations? Are they willing to have difficult... Now, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Um, so often, dating couples... And again, let me just push pause for a minute. I know a lot of you are like, that was a very dramatic... I get it. But like, I know a lot of you are single, and it's like, thanks for bringing this up, Ryan. But here's what happens. When, you become, when you're single and then you start dating, there's not some switch that gets flipped where now you're totally different and everything changes. If single you struggles with pornography, dating you will struggle with pornography as well. 
If single you is selfish and catty, dating you will be selfish and catty. If single you worships relationships, dating you will worship relationships. You're going to crush that person. If single you can get it together and have a strong relationship where Christ is your anchor, you can bring that into the dating relationship. If single you will put your head down and learn from this, it will serve you well in dating. All right? All right, let's hit play. Um, are they willing to have hard conversations? This happens in dating all the time. You ignore everything. It's like this used car salesman. Like you cover everything up that's wrong about you. Nothing to see here. I'm not an anxiety-riddled mess. I'm not. I haven't had a crush on you since I was eight. What are you talking about? Why do, I'm not talking loud. You're talking loud. Like you cover, you cover it all up. Like I'm not, I'm not self-conscious about, about body image. I'm not self-conscious about this. I'm not worried about this. I'm, I'm totally cool, totally normal. Totally, where are you going? I thought, I thought it was cool. Like you, you try to cover it up. We never, you never, you never confess anything that's wrong. You don't hide, you, you, you hide everything. You, and you can, you know, I'm not talking about like I had a bad day, but like you, you hide the insecurities. You hide all these different things because you don't want to scare them off. You don't want to, you don't want to ruin everything. Here's what's wrong with that. Here's why that's toxic. I've told this story before, but there's this pastor named Paul Tripp who tells a story. Um, family wants to go on a picnic Saturday morning, right? Family wants to go on a picnic. Um, naturally, if you can imagine, everybody's late. Everybody's running late, so this makes dad upset, and mom is mad at dad because dad is mad, and now mom is mad, and so all the kids are on edge now, and so everyone's kind of frustrated. We're not even in the car yet. We're not even in the car yet, guys. So you get in the car, and then you get there, but now that you're there, mom was so flustered that she forgot the plates, so I guess we're going to eat you know, on the ground now. And dad like, doesn't want to talk to anybody because he's so just done with it. He'd rather be at home watching TV anyway. And so he burns like, the hamburgers and the hot dogs. So now we're eating like burned food on the ground together. But, and now, now nobody is happy. Nobody wants to be there. But before we leave, we got to take a selfie. So everybody get in line and everyone smiles. Everything's cool. And dad takes the picture. And you post it, you crazy person. You post about how, how thankful you are for your family. And mom posts it on Facebook because Lord knows she doesn't have Instagram, right? And so everybody posts and everyone's happy. Now, look at how miserable your day has been. Over, like, over in, in our mercy somewhere or in Rome somewhere, someone else is looking at that picture and their family is broken, just like yours is. Their family is a mess, just like yours is. But they see that picture and they think, if only we could get it together, like the so-and-so family. Look at how happy they are all the time. Do you see the cycle that this creates? Do you see the broken? We don't need to admit that we're broken. Do you see the sadness that that creates? And you see, this is the thing. They're not, they don't have it all together, but they don't show that. They don't have it all together, but they don't show it. So it just creates this idea of this is what's normal. It's not normal to be broken. It's not normal, which is totally against what the Bible says. The Bible says we're all so broken. Marriage is two sinners saying, let's spend the rest of our lives together. Are you kidding me? But we don't think that way because this culture has created of Nothing's wrong. Everything's okay. And this existed long before social media. Your parents were just as bad at this as everybody else, right? Okay? But this is our problem. And here's the thing. The brokenness of mankind is that we don't just live in houses made out of paint. We want to. 
There are some of you in here that regardless of anything I say, that will still be the, the attractive guy or the attractive girl is going to completely take you off your feet and you're going to have no idea what's going on and you're not going to care about anything that I've said. Because you want that. We are bent. There's that hymn that says, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave. We are, our hearts are bent away from God. We want to live in a house made of paint. We don't want to do the work that comes with the rest of the stuff. Do they care about what Jesus thinks when it comes to money, sex, television? Do they care about their Bible? Do they know, here it is, you ready? Do they know Jesus as the person who changed their life so you don't have to? Do they know Jesus as the person who changed their life so that you don't have to? You hear it in movies and stuff all the time. She changed my life. He changed my life. He rescued me from that. And that sounds pretty, and it can be good. We're supposed to help people, obviously, but you've got to be so careful. Okay, you were not designed to hold another person up physically all the time. Like, nobody came in here like, hey, Ryan. Like, none of you were designed to hold somebody physically all the time. In the Bible, the physical represents the spiritual. Lord's Supper, believer's baptism, right? The physical represents the spiritual. You were not designed to hold someone up physically all the time. Therefore, you are not designed to hold someone up spiritually all the time. You will collapse. Um, I had a friend in college who really liked this girl, like really liked this girl. And they started dating, they dated for several months and she broke up with him, seemingly out of the blue. And he was like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I just, I don't know what happened. And this is when Facebook Messenger was like really cool, okay? And so he like showed us, he was like, look, I mean, look. And he showed us all these messages that he had sent her on Facebook while they were dating. And we all were like, oh, that's, what, it, was, it was literally like novel after novel after like Harry Potter Order of the Phoenix length, like very intense, like, hey, I love, like, which is good in spats, right? Like, it's, it's okay, but like, but like drowning her in like blue paragraphs, right? And it was like, I love you so much, you're so beautiful, like, hey, I was just thinking about you, you're so great, like, you're so, I'm so glad I got to meet you. Hey, I'm just thinking about like how lucky I am and how awesome it was to meet, and like, like, and we were like, oh, and so, but here's what happened, and her messages like, they started that way too, but her message got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. The point right here, the point is not, if you want to do well with someone, just don't talk to them. Like, just be as short as you can and keep them on the line. That's not the point. But think about this. Think about this. And think about this length of messages. All his time, all his energy, all his words, he needed her to hold him up. He poured it all out on her, and she couldn't handle it. And so she bailed. She broke up with him. Um, listen, I'm not saying that you have to take this person to Lumina or Chili's or whatever. I'm not saying you have to sit there with them and be like, now, where's your hope? Are you going to hold me up spiritually? Because if you're not, then this is, you know, I'm not saying that, that you have to like, this is it, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you not to do that either, but here's what I'm saying. Over time, right, and this will happen, over time, and it won't take long, over time, you will start to see where their hope is is. We talked about this last week. You will start to see what does it really take to make their day go well? What, listen to me, what holds them up? And if it's you, you're in trouble. 
because you are not equipped to hold them up and they are not equipped to hold you up. You drop your phone in the toilet. You really think you're the one who like spiritually is gonna be the one that like supports? You see what I'm saying? You're not meant to do this, guys. Here it is. You are not equipped to do what only God can do. And you need someone else who understands that. And you need to understand that. This is the problem. This is why all the movie stars and celebrities who make movies that worship relationships, right? The whole thing is a relationship. Once they get married, it's happily ever after, right? This is why all these celebrities who make movies that worship relationships, who, who make music that worship sex and relationships, they break up all the time. You would think that the people who worship relationships would be the least likely ones to end those relationships. But they are the ones who are constantly seeing that no matter how many movies you make about it, how many songs you write about it, this God does not work. It will never work. The biggest example of this for me was not a, was not a massive breakup. There were guys in the PVN college service and over the last two years who have desperately wanted a girlfriend desperately they talk about their biggest complaint all the time is why they're single they're miserable they're always like right below the surface kind of depressed because they're single all the time they both finally got girlfriends and they finally got one and you know what their response was hmm. and that was it like every time I saw them there was like right below the surface they were they were like numb like they were shell-shocked because this thing that they have spent all this time trying to get to did not work. It wouldn't feel, it didn't feel like they thought it was going to, it didn't work like they thought it was going to work. 1 Corinthians 7.29 says this. 1 Corinthians 7.29 says this. This is Paul's advice for dating. Those who have wives should live as though they had none. Wait a minute. Those who have wives should live as though they have none. This is not, he's not talking about adultery, right? He's not talking about ignoring or mistreating your spouse. Live as if you don't have one. He's not talking about that. He's saying, let Jesus be the one who drives the relationship, not your person. Let Jesus be the one who drives the relationship, not your person. Act as if your life depends on him, not your person. Think about the time in which Paul was writing this. This person could be put to death for being a Christian. Imagine being married. I should witness to this person. If I don't, if, 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 I, if I witness them, I'll get put to death. I have a wife. I, I shouldn't do this. And Paul's saying, do it. Sacrifice it all for the kingdom of God, which will bring you more joy than a spouse ever could. Here's Paul's marriage advice. Here it is. The best way the ultimate way you can care about somebody else is when you care about Jesus more than you care about them. The best way you can care about somebody is if you care about Jesus more than you care about them. Because here's why. If you, because it sounds like you're neglecting them, but you're actually bringing them in closer than you ever could. If you worship them, you will never question them because it'll hurt the relationship, which means you can't help them because your world depends on them. You need them. So you don't want to get into that weird space where they might grow because they could also leave. And you don't want them to leave. You need them. You don't want to jeopardize it. But if you love Jesus more than you love dating, then you are going into a relationship with the only true foundation. 
the only anchor that is unshakable. You are now freed up to help them grow. You are now strong enough to hang out with friends instead of just them. Because your hope is not in them. And guess what? They can hang out with their friends too. You can both have healthier souls now. Instead of having to cling to each other because you're each other's only hope. You can now disagree with them. Because you're not afraid of something breaking off. Or you're willing to, to risk it. You see that? And now... You guys can have good conversations and grow together, but you won't do that if they're your only hope and you don't want to mess this up, so you're not going to say anything. By loving this person more than you love God, you're actually hurting the person that you claim to love. By loving the other person more than God, you're actually hurting them. This happens with kids a lot. Parents won't tell their kids, hey, you don't need to be wearing that. Hey, you don't need to be saying that. Hey, you don't need to hang out in that group because they're afraid the kid's going to get mad at them. They love their kids more than they love God. They're afraid, and so it's actually damaging their kid. This is going to happen if you love your other person more than you love God. You're going to let them spiral out of control where you could be the one to step in, but you won't do it if you worship the relationship. Um, let me ask you this. Why does worshiping someone bury them? Think about that girl who broke up with the guy, right? Why does worshiping someone bury them? Why don't people like it when you worship them? Why is it too much for them? Because it's what our culture teaches, right? Instagram, look at me. Snapchat, look at me. Television, look at me. All these different things. But then when we finally do that, when someone finally starts putting all that on you, we back off. We can't handle it. It's too much. You're too honest. You're too in my face. You need to back off. Why can't we handle people's worship? Because humans are not designed to handle other people's worship. If we were, we would love it. We could handle it all the time. But we can't handle it. All the demands, all the pressure, all the mess. People are messy. You and I are messy weirdos. We are. And you've seen movies, right? You've seen movies where the person wants to be famous more than anything. And then they get famous and what happens? They can't handle it. They can't take it. It drives them crazy. Or they become arrogant or they quit. As humans, we spend all our times worshiping each other, worshiping social media, worshiping relationships, worshiping safety and comfort worshiping good grades and a good future, and all those things just lead to more stress. None of those gods give back. Have you ever noticed that? None of those gods give back. Do you know what this tells me? Two things and then we're done. Number one, humans are designed to worship. We just said it. We worship all the time. The kids at your school who are terrible and don't know jack about anything, when they get into a relationship, they're all over each other. They don't know anything. But what is it? It's worship. We spend insane amounts of time on social media. We just get lost in it, right? What is that? It's worship. The person who, who, the second anything in life goes wrong, here comes the anxiety, here comes the panic, here comes the stress. What's happening? Safety and security is your God. The anxiety you feel in your soul when something goes wrong, that's the pain of having your God knocked out of the temple. Your anxiety comes from the fact that your false god of comfort is under attack. It's worship. We are designed to worship. We are designed with a heart that is meant to fit into the bigger heart of God, which is number two. 
humans are not designed to be worshipped. That's why it buries you. That's why you get tired of even the best relationships. That's why celebrities who worship relationships, they break up. Because it's never been designed to hold. And you don't have to believe preacher man. Like You can look at this on anywhere and see this. It, it never works. There is so much freedom in not having your happiness depend on another person. They will let you down. And you will let them down. You will. And when that happens, when you let them down, would you rather have to go back and rely on your angry, imperfect person or would you rather fall back into the arms of Jesus? Matthew 7, 24 20 through 25 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall because it has its foundation on the rock. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying, come to me with all your stress. Come to me with all your imperfections, and I will give you rest. I'm strong enough to take all your cares and all your fears in a way that another person cannot do. If you'll trust me, I'll be all the completeness completeness you'll ever need. He will be enough. He's the only one who's ever been designed to be enough. And this is not some anti-dating thing. I'm married. This is not a, I'm not against dating by any means. But dating is one of these things that you have to take as a serious thing or it will do damage in the long run. And dating is one of these things that if you will lean into Jesus now, single people, if you will lean into Jesus now, dating people, if you will lean into Jesus now, start letting Him be the one that fills you up. Start letting Him be your anchor. You will be such a better support for the people that you're dating. You will be such a better support to your other friends. That's the key. So let me pray and then we'll be finished.